Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey guys, and welcome to episode 57 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I am Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. My name's Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. Bruh. 57 what is the first thing that comes to mind um just before there's not not been a whole lot of 57s in nascar not a whole lot of them i don't know if you have any stats on or not we kind of stopped doing that which is fine it doesn't matter but i can't imagine 57s won a whole lot so honestly i think of the heinz 57 car from the late 80s i can think of three drivers that drove it off the top of my head, it was uh, Morgan Shepard drove it, Jimmy Spencer drove it, and Hut Strickland drove it. It was uh, red, just like the like the bottle mm-hmm. of ketchup, you know. But, uh, yeah, Heinz 57, which is hilarious. When the sponsor and the number actually match up like that, that's yeah. perfection. You know, like the like Kyle Petty in the 711 car, number seven with 11 written down the side of it. Yes. Man, that's perfect. You know, so that's what I think of. What about you? So I definitely go uh, back to, I think it was the Xfinity series. Jason Keller drove a 57 sponsored by Slim Jim WCW Halloween Havoc. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had that 164 scale as a kid, and it it won every race, every single race. I did too. Did you have the racing champions or the action one? Uh, Rubber tires, so it had to be action action i don't think racing champions was doing that yet not not on the baseline not then i think because i think this was 90 might have been 98 97 98 one of those two but yeah i had the action one too they they had those little uh they had the cases that you could pop them open and just close them right back it was like a clamshell case yes and man that was great packaging you sure can't do that with anything on the pegs right now as a kid, it was oh man, it was horrible. Why? Well, I couldn't get, I could never get it open. Oh well, no, no, I'm not talking about the blister packs. Oh, I'm talking about like uh, Actions 164 scales came in two different ways. They came in a box where you you know just like a like like the Lionel Racing ones do now, mm-hmm. and they also came in a clamshell where it would be like um, I'm trying to think what what equates to it wasn't a sealed clamshell it was one of these ones that you could like pop the back open 
and it had its little plastic pieces that that were molded to fit the exact car that it needed in there. And it usually had like a little card or maybe a paper all the way up and down it. Biggest huh. toy company. They have very, very similar packaging with their wrestlers. Interesting. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Yeah, a lot of them were like that. The ones that didn't come in boxes, the one that actually had like a peg hanger, you know, that you could just hang on the wall or whatever. Yeah. Which is weird because these things were not in stores. So, you know, I don't know why they were packaged that way, but it was cool right. because I could always just save all the packages and display all the 164 scale die cast loose on my shelf, which I always prefer to do it that way. I never like to keep everything in box, but I like to keep the boxes for like storage or selling or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. So we had a lot going on this past week. We, um, we're going to talk about, darlington real quick um do you want to go over darlington the race itself first or do you want to go over the fantasy cup uh let's do the race itself okay do you have okay so what happened at the end of this race here what is your opinion on how it all unfolded at the end like uh, at the end of the race we had Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain battling it out. They went back and forth as opposed as opposed to who's going to hit who him to the wall. They took turns with that. So it ended up being bad for both of them. You know, just, uh, you know, I'll get into that in a minute. And then you had that final restart and you had no competition whatsoever on the final restart. And one car just pulled away and, and stunk up the show in the last two laps. Right. Um, what is your opinion on how it all went down at the end of that race? Well, I know it's a loaded question. Uh, stage, There's a lot going on. Stage one really was awesome for me because uh, Caitlin and I chose uh, Martin Trucks Jr. And I really thought we were going to just run away with one. Uh, of course not. It's never that easy. Mm -hmm. Between Larson and Chastain. Ooh. Um, so is it my understanding, because I, I watch these races, I promise you I do, but I'm so tired by the time that they, you know. Uh, so is it m from my understanding that Larson did it to Chastain, Chastain did it, or like, who did it first? Well, this is what I saw, okay? Um, I saw Chastain run Larson really, really high on a restart once. Did not run him into the wall, but if Larson was any worse of a driver, he would have been in the wall. Right. Like he gave him the exact amount of room that that car needed. Right. But he didn't put him in the wall. I don't know. I don't even know if he ever touched him. But he ran them as absolutely high as he possibly could to try to get all the momentum coming off the corner. And he did. And he passed them. So I feel like that's how you race nowadays. Right. I mean, don't you, you, you put the, you put your opponent in bad spots where he has to lift or he, you mess with his air or something like that. And you get the momentum that he loses. That's kind of how you race. That's, that's what Hamlin and Larson did last week. All the end of it, you know? So, yeah. I mean, maybe Larson just got tired of being taken advantage of a little bit. Cause the next thing I know, Larson's just straight up put him in a wall just run right. underneath them and didn't break and just put them in the wall. And Chastain's car is apparently a tank. 
So he he's he's he has some really good cars. Chastain yeah. does does not uh, get wrecked that often. <laughs> um. So then we had a restart with like six laps to go or something like that, and now Chastain's on the inside. Well, you know what Chastain's going to do? Right. He just got run into the wall. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to run the five into the wall. The only problem is he was too far ahead of him when he did it, and he spun himself out and wrecked. That was the only problem with it. I had no problem with him running him into the wall. The problem that everybody else has with it is because it looks like Chastain's an idiot because he wrecked himself trying to wreck the five. When, I mean, he was just too far ahead of him when he did it. If, if he was, he's got, he's got, he's still got some things to learn when it comes to actually roughing up other people like that. He's still got some, some things to learn. He's, he's getting there, but he's not quite there yet. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like it was the five starting it because he didn't appreciate something Chastain did, but Chastain didn't put him in the wall. He never touched him. So that's just, my, so, that's just what I saw. But I am a I biased mean, yeah. Chastain fan. I mean, that's spot on kind of what I was uh, kind of trailing with, uh, tracking with you, not trailing, but tracking with you. Uh, did you hear the on the audio from – Brendan McReynolds, the spotter of Chastain. I don't, I don't think I did. So when Chastain did this move to Larson, um, they kind of got stuck together. Mm-hmm. Where it kind of looked like a capital T and Brendan, uh, Brendan, was it Brendan, Brandon, Brendan, McReynolds, Brendan, um, yes. Brendan. He was spotting for Ross Chastain, who was the, the top of the T. And he says, he's, or he's still pushing. He's still pushing. <laughs> he's still pushing <laughs> all the way. Down. It was awesome. I was like, Oh man. Okay. Um, yeah. Spot off for that. That, that kind of sucks. Um, I don't, so we were kind of asking, you know, the question of like, what is it going to take for someone to, what is it? What's going to have to happen for Chastain to be like, all right, all right, maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm the problem, and I think that that answer is. Do you think it has anything to do with Rick Hendrick, the king of Chevys? Lord, no. You don't think no, so? No, that old fart. He, he no. Nope. You don't think Chevy heard Rick Hendrick's statement and went to Justin Marks and said, "Hey, I don't listen, think it's going to change him." Um, I mean, he said so himself after the interview. He says, yeah, we talked it out. He, he said um, just recently, I think I saw the quote today, said, talking about he talked it out with, with Justin, and he knows he's got some things he's got to clean up. He's, he's got to quit hitting so many people. That's what he basically said. I got to quit hitting so many people. Yeah, but, but I'm not going to change well, I who guess, I am in the last six laps at a race at Darlington for the Cup Series. Right. Um, I'm not so much saying, like, oh, he should change what he's doing. My, my question is, like, do you think Chevy – and I'm not saying like Chevy like went to Justin was like, what are you doing? You need to, I'm just saying like maybe Chevy heard what uh, Rick Hendrick said and was like, Hey, we need to figure this out. Like we don't want to, you know, piss anyone off, especially Rick Hendrick in NASCAR. So like, can we, can we figure something out with this? I mean, like, you don't think that was a conversation? I don't know. I don't think Hendrick's going to a different manufacturer if they don't work it out. I mean, I mean, he kind of hinted to no, it, no, right? No, like, never. I, well, okay. <laughs> so let me just say this: Rick Hendrick will never not race Chevys. 
Okay, mm-hmm. he's not ever going to switch to a Ford or, or Toyota, anything like that. That's never going to happen. Um, but at the end of his statement, he said, "You know, I've been sh- loyal to Chevy, but something's got to change. Something like that." Um, I don't know. I mean, it sounded like, uh, "Hey, what the heck?" And then all of a sudden, you have Justin Mark saying, "Oh yeah, you need. We have some things to work on." And then Chastain saying, "Oh, I need to stop running into things." So I'm just like, "Well, man, that's kind of weird." How like the dominoes fall after Rick Hendrick, who is very influential with uh, Chevy, comes out and says something. I honestly, on a personal level, with Ross Chastain, not necessarily like a team level or whatever. On a personal level, with Ross Chastain, I don't think he gives any thought whatsoever what that old man thinks i really don't now he might care how it affects you know if chevy pulls anything away from track house which i doubt that very seriously because he is one of the rising stars in nascar he is one of the most popular drivers out there right now good or bad he is getting all the attention every week he's getting all the attention oh by the way uh who won I mean, we're talking, about, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about, we didn't even talk about William Byron winning yet. Oh yeah. We started the whole thing off with Chastain and Larson. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and the whole Larson thing, this is a little rant with me. Okay. Here's a home. What, what was somebody, somebody suggested a shooting with soda segment. Okay. Look, here we go. Kyle Larson. You can put a little check by him in the hypocrite column. You straight up can't because what on earth did he do in that Xfinity race that Chastain didn't do or that he didn't do himself to Chastain at the end of that race. He run the dude straight up into the wall and turned three. He did the exact same thing that Chastain raced him with, except Chastain didn't actually touch him. You know, he put him in that, that situation, uh, John Hernemichek, he put John Hernemichek in that situation going into turn three on the last lap to where, it was he run him into the wall just straight up he run to the wall and then the five ever shot the corner and run into the wall in the middle of it and then they were both loose and all that and here comes john hernibachek on the bottom and then the fives just like or i guess it was a 10 but anyway larson was just like i'm just not gonna break anymore i'm just gonna overshoot this corner too just go wide open whatever hits the wall bounces off and wrecks the john hernibachek car in the process that's such a disregard to your surroundings and anybody around you. What, what's different about that kind of driving than what Chastain does? Um, well, are you talking about the ending? Like the ending, the the ending of the Xfinity race, the last half lap of the Xfinity race, going into turn three, running the dude into the wall, slapping the wall in the middle of the corner, and then slapping the wall coming off of four, and shooting down and hitting the uh, car on your inside to win the race. What's different about that mentality than how Chastain drives? But like on coming to the checkered, Larson was on the outside. Yeah, yeah, that's what I I'm mean, saying. He he decided he was just going to flat foot it on the outside and hit the wall. Be danged! I'm just going to bounce off and hit the scouting inside. He knew exactly what was going to happen when he did that. He absolutely knew. This is a professional, one of the best drivers in the entire world. He knew exactly what was going to happen when he come off a of turn four wide open, slapped the wall, bounced off, hit the guy on the inside, and spun him out. 
and went on to win the race. He knew what was going to happen with that. You cannot ever convince me that that dude didn't know exactly what was going to happen off that corner. And so what is the difference in the way he races right there than the way Chastain races on a week-to-week basis? I mean, I get it. I, you have a very fair argument, you know, when it comes to that. Do I, what I do, but – or what's it was a, was a phrase here? It isn't do it. Do as it I, isn't do as I say, not do what I do as I do. Is um, I guess in this, I, this this case, it's going to be more like do what I say, but not as I do. No, not I, I, I'm trying to think of something else. Oh well. Oh, basically says do what you <laughs> want right. to do, just don't do it to me. Okay. Race the way sure. I race, but don't race me that way. That's that's the that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I can see that. Um, there was a couple weeks ago, Larson was in a dirt race, and I think it was uh, Jonathan Davenport. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. And he had this uh, this god awful, nasty looking pass. And I mean, he did it clean, but he just you just see that pass, and you're like, oh mm-hmm. man, you're that guy. And he does it really, really well to a point where he can do it in the Cup car and the Xfinity car, and. But I mean, we just kind of talked about it, right? Like that's the whole point of you got to get your opponents or your the other drivers in a situation where they have to let off, or either you have two options: you hit the wall and you lose a lot of spots, or you floor it and you both go wreck. You know, like that's kind of the only way you're able to pass in Cup Series nowadays with this next gen car. It seems like so. Uh, it's weird. It's just I'm not man. I'm not faulting Larson for racing that way. That's not what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I'm faulting right. him for being mad at somebody for racing him the way he races other people. Correct. Yeah. I mean, on that front, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, you're just gonna have to chew, you know, chew it up and enjoy the taste of do, it. Do you see Chastain when people do what he did, what Larson did to him? Do you see him coming out of the car fighting mad? ready to mouth off about everything wrong with that particular driver and how he needs to be sat down, has, has his butt whooped, whatever. You ever see him do that? No. Nope. What did he do this past week? He smiled. He says, it's like, yeah, I didn't mean, I meant to push him up the track. I didn't mean to run him that far up and get turned. Obviously I didn't want to wreck myself. And he was like, uh, I guess we're, I wonder if we're even now. And he, he I put him, he put me in the wall, I put him in the wall. Are we even now? Or is he going to put me in the wall again? That's there's no complaining there. There's no whining. There's no, oh, he shouldn't have raced me that way. I mean, you saw okay, let now let's talk about the end of the race. What happens when Chastain's out of the picture? Just honestly, what happens when Chastain's out of the picture on that final restart? It's William Byron wins. It's boring. <laughs> William Byron wins. That's not boring. No, the way it ended was boring. Oh, I mean, I was I happy mean, for you. I like I like William Byron enough. I'm not gonna buy any stuff. I might buy this car. This car was pretty, but um, I I'm I'm not gonna go out and buy William Byron merchandise. But I like to do, right? I mean, I'm sure. glad he won as opposed to what happened last year when Logano took him out on the last two laps. Oh yeah, I'm happy Byron won this race. I would have been happier Chastain won, obviously, but I'm happy if anybody else won. It was him. But what I'm talking about is suddenly you have this young guy on the outside, the preferred line coming off of turn two. Um, That's where you get the momentum going off of of two. Do you have 
this young guy who's had what seven wins now, something, something around there, not a whole lot of wins. Yeah, yeah. seven wins. He's starting to hit it. Like he's just now really there. And he's competitive, a race winner week in and week out if things go his way. And then right. you have a veteran on the inside that is in his next to last Darlington start ever. Okay. He goes to the inside of this dude, gives Byron like two full lanes. There's only like one lane at Darlington. He somehow finds a way to give Byron two on the outside of him. Doesn't come nowhere near touching him. Doesn't doesn't even get aggressive at all. I mean, he's almost on the apron. He's so low. And what happens? Byron just shoots off the corner, gets two or three car lengths, and never looks back. And that that was it. In one corner, out of those two laps, the race was over. However, um, Harvick had uh, like extensive some sort of overheating problem after he was involved with the wreck the big wreck that made that final green white checkered. I'm not saying he could keep up with him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he should have right. stayed door to door with him. I understand if his car wasn't there, that's fine. Make a race out of it though. You got two laps. It isn't going to take that much to get him upset a little bit where you could get that, get ahead of him. You're a veteran. Keep it behind you. You've seen way more races than he has. I bet you can figure out how to keep him behind you. I'm just, he didn't try, dude. And what Harvick, Harvick? he did not try. You don't, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think Kevin Harvick, if he's that close to a win, I think Kevin Harvick's going to do anything he can to make sure that happens. But, but he didn't. He also, <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, kind of understand that like did you see the onboard with Harvick? i didn't no oh man like he smashed his front end mm. so like i did see going that back on i did, that I did right, see the wreck on board yeah yeah like uh so going for that green white checkered i kind of just expected harvick to pull down and just coast like i mean it was that bad like i was sitting there like you couldn't really tell like cosmetically like but I mean, you could even on the TV, you could hear that his motor just wasn't it didn't sound correct. Like it didn't sound like everybody else's. So I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is going to be a disaster because Harvick's going to just anchor in front of the entire field. And I was actually rather well, surprised. I wasn't um, and impressed. I wasn't surprised about that because he drove back up there. I mean, that happened earlier in the race. It didn't happen right there at the very end of it. It. it it happened a little bit earlier than that. And he drove back up there. So he had enough speed to stick with everybody. He just probably, he didn't have enough speed to win the race unless he raced a little more aggressively, which it was only two laps. That, that, that's my point. My point is when you got drivers like Larson and Chastain, all of a sudden out of the picture. And now you have Byron, which is not, which is a driver that's known to not, not really mix it up that much. Right. And a veteran Harvick, who, I mean, he's got to try to win. This is his last year. There is no more after this. I don't understand why Harvick didn't didn't pull out a little bit more to try to win that race. If it meant roughing him up a little bit, sure. I'm not saying wreck the dude, but if it meant leaning on him in the corner, 
squeezing them up into the wall a little bit to take advantage of that that loss of momentum, he should have done it, dude. This is it. It's a cup series. You got two laps. You got a damaged car, but you got a chance to win the race at Darlington of all places. I mean, I don't know. If you don't take advantage of that, why are you there? I I, I got I mean, some harsh opinions yeah. this week. This race bothered the crap out of me for a lot of reasons. And it's yeah. to me in my mind, and I'll I'll get off my soapbox, I promise. In my mind, it's full of hypocrites and people that just if they're gonna race that way, they probably need to just go on and quit. That's what's going on in my head. The race aggravated me. Um, I am happy with all the throwback schemes. It was a, it's it's so much fun to watch the throwback stuff. And I love the throwback scheme that actually won the 24 car throwback scene. It reminds me of Jeff Gordon's uh, all-star race, 1998, where he ran out of gas on the last lap and Mark Martin won. It's awesome. Right. Um, I laughed so hard when that happened. Dude, you have no idea. But I'll get off my soapbox. I know that you don't probably share most of the opinions I do about this race. So, or the, in particular, the people that were involved with it, with everything. And I understand that. So, yeah. I think that's the most beautiful part about it though. Like every, it's funny because like everything that you've, ex, you've explained, I feel like I am absolutely the mm -hmm. opposite, but that's like the beautiful thing about NASCAR is like, it's kind of up to you to, to judge what's clean, what's not, what's, but at you know, the same, what's good, what's bad. And at the same time, you see my point, like yeah, you see the point 100%. and you see where it's, where it's going or some of it might be valid. You just don't share the same opinions. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I mean everything that you have said so far has absolute valid reasoning and valid points to it. You know, I just when it comes to like your, you know, when you think like Harvick, I personally I think Harvick was in that that car doing everything he possibly could. When you don't, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Like, awesome. <laughs> you know, he was turning it as far left as it would go. I'll give you that. He, yeah, was, exactly. he was definitely so, not 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 overshooting the corners. No, not by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I do want to know is what is do you think the throwback do you think, like what's going like are you still a fan of it? Like I'm still a fan of seeing the throwback paint schemes. I just you know, it's I don't know why it just kind of didn't hit me this time. I like I saw all the the paint schemes and I was like, you know, there's a couple cool ones like the Hut Strickland, mm -hmm. uh, Josh Berry, thought that was awesome. Um, oh, uh, Chase Elliott thought his was cool. Yeah, I just but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. You know, maybe I don't I know. I think because the best ones have been done already. Uh, yeah, like the mellow yellow Kyle Petty Larson one that was perfect. It was. Perfect. It was the exact font with the exact colors and the exact sponsor and the number. The best yeah. of all time. And then you had the Brad Keselowski Miller Genuine Draft number two. That one was perfect. Oh, god! Absolutely perfect. All of Brad. Yeah, I, I love the. Uh, yeah. I love the other one too, but it was the wrong number because he drove that that scheme that darker gold. He drove that darker mm -hmm. gold uh, Miller, that black and dark gold uh, number twenty seven when Rusty drove it. Yeah. And it was a two with Brad. Like, I get it. He can't change his number like that, even though Harvest going to do it this week. But that's a special event. 
Um, I I almost like that one more, but I just it's it, you got a you got a point taken away for it not being a twenty seven, you know. But yeah, just when it when it all matches together, like the forty three cars, when all those match, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I loved loved. I think my favorite one out of the whole week, even with the UPS one, because that that one was nice too. I love the Quaker State 99. That one was nice. I like that. Um, he screwed me up in DraftKings again. <laughs> he always does. Daniel Suarez is so worthless. And it wasn't even I him mean, directly. It was know. the wreck involving other people. Is what? Well, actually, no. Let, no, it's okay. We can well, just actually. Call I guess it how that's the 43 is. that did it this week. The 43 lost the wheel and caused that crap. But the 99 was involved with it. He always yeah. is. He's always involved with it. If it's not his fault, it's somebody else's. And and I just I, I kind of feel like it, it was a nine nine's yeah. fault that the one ran up and hit the wall at the end of that stage, and had Truex wreck. He uh, was in the way. When in doubt, when when you're in doubt, just blame well, Daniel Suarez and see your. Well, way I out, mean, you know, listen, like, listen to my reasoning here. It was a lap and a half left. Okay, they were falling. They were behind him, getting bottled up behind him racing for the stage win for the last, like what, five or six laps before this. Now you only got a lap and a half. Dude, you're only going one lap down. Move over. There's going to be a caution and a lap and a half. I understand you want to fight for that last spot on the lead lap. You get the free pass. This is your teammate. Move over. <laughs> Let him race on. But no, he just was right there in the way. And then Chastain was trying to go, you know, low and then high and then, he wound up bumping into the wall and then Truex come up on top of him and they all, you know, Truex wrecked and Chastain just went on to win the stage, but didn't bother me a whole lot. But I was like, everybody's blaming Chastain for that, of course, because they're going to blame Chastain for everything that happens in the world. I'm like, well, the 99 probably should have moved out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, uh, fantasy cup participant rock and I were actually talking about it during, as it was happening. Mm -hmm. And I told him, he said something, I forgot what stance he took, whether he was on, you know, Truex messed up or Chastain messed up. But I said, honestly, I think it was the 99 who messed yeah. up. And he was like, why do you think that? And I was like, well, I just don't like him. You know, like, I just, I don't like Daniel Suarez, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I gave uh, you the reason for it. I don't, I don't yeah, dislike I mean, Suarez. Suarez. I don't dislike him. I'm getting aggravated I, at him, I, but I don't dislike him. I mean, I understand why you dislike him. He was put in in like one of your favorite teams, and he did a crap job for him. Oh no, no, no! That's not why I I dislike him because he ruined our Daytona 500. How do you mean? Uh, so I don't know. He was the one that brought out the the final oh, caution when you didn't like him before that too, though. Yeah, that's true. I've never <laughs> been a Daniel Suarez fan ever, and I have no idea. It's like you know how everyone's like crapping on Bubba Wallace and stuff and I, like I could care less if Wallace is successful or not um he is KBM alumni so there's a little sweet spot but that's about it but Daniel Suarez just I mean whatever I don't know <laughs> but I like this car his car was a complete throwback to when I was like six years old I loved it um Let's see who else. I think the 24 had the car of the weekend. I I really do. The man that that I know it's a wrap, 
because, oh, we got there was a, a argument on Twitter about that when I asked somebody if that was a rapper. Oh my god, like, what in the world? And everybody <laughs> oh was like, like, no, I... it's against the rules to paint the car. And it's like, no, you can paint the car, you can paint the car, but it's got to be over a wrap. And then like, no, it's got to be a wrap. It's illegal to paint. It's like, well, I don't, I don't care, guys. I just wanted to know if this particular one was paint or wrap <laughs> because it right. looks like paint, but I doubt it's paint because I, my whole stance on that car. When I was a kid, Jeff Gordon drove that car, 1998 Winston, which is the all-star race at Charlotte. He drove that car. They were, it was DuPont now, uh, exalted. And that, that's the name of it now. Right. Um, yeah. same company, just, either bought out or name change or something like that. I don't know. Some kind of merger deal. I don't know, but it's the same company. Um, they were, were advertising this brand new paint. They were calling Chrome illusion. That's what that paint is. It was a bronze yeah. paint that changed colors depending on where you saw it from. It changed from purple to pink to, I think maybe some uh, bluish tint to it a little bit, some orange. It, was a, it was a subtle change. It wasn't like a real heavy color shift because the whole car looked bronze, like at all times. Yeah. It had this orangish tint to it. But as you looked at it through different angles, you could see the, the hints of the different colors. And right. the die cast action made back in the day actually did that too. I had that 164 scale die cast and they put that paint on the 164 scale die cast for 10 bucks back in the oh. day, you know? And I, I hated Jeff Gordon when I was a kid. I absolutely did. Did not like him. He's the one, those, another one of those guys that wrecked my favorite driver all the time. But I got that car because it was beautiful. Yeah. And the fact that they found, okay, well, the whole point of that paint scheme to me, why it should have been paint was because that was the, the heart and soul of the paint scheme. They were advertising paint. You know how much this paint cost? A lot. Two hundred dollars a pint. Oh, yes. really? In nineteen ninety eight, that wow. that was a big, heavy duty advertising thing for it. That was like a, a big stat. Everybody talked about during the race and leading up to it. This particular paint by Dupont cost two hundred dollars a pint. It's like, man. Oh gosh, that's that's a lot <laughs> to paint the whole car that way, dude. Good. Thank goodness he didn't destroy it. He just ran out of gas and lost the race. He didn't destroy the car. And but I don't even know. They I guess that'd be what about seven or eight hundred bucks today? A pint, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd be up there. Um see, so that's the whole that's the whole premise of the, of the the spirit of the paint job itself. So the fact that they had to make it a sticker, that kind of messes it up for me a little bit, but the sticker was so good, I forgot about it. The sticker right. was spot on. It was just, it was excellent. It, it had the exact same characteristics as that $200 paint. So I think they had the best one to me personally. I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be fond of the uh, petty ones. But yeah. to me personally, I think the 24 had. Do you have a particular favorite through the whole weekend of the three series? Uh, definitely Josh Berry in the hut Strickland. Mm -hmm. I started thinking about it. I was like, man, you know how cool that would be if Kyle would have got to that paint scheme first, <laughs> you know, had the hut Strickland. Kyle would have done I don't anything. think it would have worked. <laughs> like it, it wouldn't have looked good on, on a cup car. So I'm glad that Josh got it. Um, but either Josh Berry or Chase Elliott, just mm -hmm. because that was, that was my childhood. So I kind of, 
I was kind of hoping Chase was going to win, but like I had no dog in the fight for Chase. So I was like, well, I'm trying to be real strict with like the die cast that I pre-order because that's a slippery slope. But I was trying to figure out any sort of way of like, maybe I can buy a display case for nostalgic reasons. And then I can pre-order the autographed Josh Berry throwback and then the case, uh, the, the Chase Elliott. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would say Josh Berry. Okay. Um, I can see that. That was my that was later in my childhood. I guess that was like ninety five mm-hmm. or so when he was driving that car. Have you ever stepped foot inside of Circuit City? I I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was until <laughs> I figured out what it was. But I do remember that paint scheme for whatever reason it was. I I think that was the first race car I I ever got. Like my first ever one twenty four scale diecast mm-hmm. was that Hut Strickland circuit city but to answer your question no i've never been in foot in a circuit city before it's basically best buy before best buy yeah, yeah. it uh i didn't shop there a lot but we did get a car stereo in there once and they installed it oh, so nice. i was back in oh four you know funny thing i think we actually spoke we about probably this did. on episode eight because i remember you saying that, <laughs> that makes sense because yeah, awesome. it wouldn't have been Kyle Bush yet. <laughs> that yeah. You're right. We were a little bit far away from that, but gosh. So overall, I mean, I know I have my personal issues with Darlington's the way the way it turned out. Right. Overall, I think it was a really fun race, an interesting race to watch. I kind of wish the ending would have been a little better than that. I I would have liked to have seen a different winner. I would have liked to have seen an actual race to the end, but right. You know, it it is what it is. It's how it turned out and just move on. And next week there is no points on the line. It's straight or I guess this week coming up. It's like we're recording Thursday night. So I guess it's in like four days or three days now. So it is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the one this weekend. Before we get into it, let's go over the fantasy cup real quick and then we'll take a break. So there's one more thing uh-huh. from Darlington that I just wanted to spot on or spot on, uh, talk about really, really fast. Um, trivia question. Do you remember when NASCAR started the throwback paint schemes? What year it was? Uh, the exact year, maybe 17. That's really close. It was 2015. Oh, okay. And do you know who won that race? Ugh, not really. I don't. And it's my it's the perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. One last thing about Darlington. It was the winner of the race was Cousin Carl. Oh yeah. Okay. And we saw the return of Carl Edwards, not in a race car, but actually at a NASCAR racetrack. I think the was this the first time since? I no, I haven't seen him. It might be. Um, what was your thoughts on him? I thought he was really good in the booth. I mean, it was, it was interest. It was interesting. It was fun to listen to him. I mean, he seemed like he was missing it. The way he was yeah. talking, he really seemed like he was missing it. But I mean, at the same time, I don't know if he'll change what he's doing. It was interesting to hear that he was just farming for all this time. That that was what he was doing. He was a farmer, and so yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why you went on your soapbox. Let me go on mine for a <laughs> minute. Right. Um, Carl Edwards. I don't mind him. Of course, like when it was Carl Edwards versus Kyle Bush, you know, all I could say, all I could walk around high school saying was Mr. Ed. 
when somebody made me mad, they were automatically Mr. Ed. Didn't know who Mr. Ed was. Um, so besides that, but like later in his career, when he went to Joe Gibbs, I kind of found myself like, okay, he's, you know, he's good, cool, I guess. Like he's all right. He does the backflip thing. Tell me why. I, ever since, like, Carl Edwards came into the Cup Series, what, around 2004? I think it was later than that. Was it 2005? Something like that. So, I was still in, you know, if it was 2005, I was in fifth grade. So, I mean, I was young. And I don't know why, every time he was on my TV screen, as a kid, and even now, as a, th you know, almost a 30-year-old dude, I get the same feeling why do I feel like if there was ever a NASCAR, <laughs> if there was ever a NASCAR driver to like get asked a question and to like, whether it was like a pit road interview or whatever, I feel like Carl Edwards would be the primary suspect in someone who like replies to a question in a like song and dance. <laughs> Like, like, let's do the scenario, right? So let's say it's a, a cold, drizzly Sunday at Michigan. It's a rain delay. Someone comes up to Edwards and says, we're under a rain delay. What do you think? And I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Carl Edwards is that guy who's going to hit you with a Sunday morning rain is falling and no one's going to see it coming except for me. And I'm going to be sitting on my couch like, oh, I knew it. I, I, I feel like it. that's something he's you done know? before. I know. <laughs> I, I know. And I can't. But of course, it's not going to be like real. It has to be like ex, like big time, right? He's going to, what do you think about the rain delay? And he's just going to like rip open his shirt and be like, Sunday morning rain is fun. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know why I think about that when every time Carl Edwards is on my TV screen, but every single time <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know where to go with that okay yeah i don't either <laughs> let's talk about the fantasy cup <laughs> um do you happen to have the we do we have any winners this week we did we yeah we did we, we had, had um i forget how many four. four winners we had four of them we had oh no i didn't write them down uh, we had... That's my problem. I didn't write anything oh, down. I didn't look at my notes. Crap. John Brown, um, Joe Rock, Jody, and RJ all scored victories choosing William Byron. I thought Tim won. Oh, my gosh. You're right. No, no, no. Okay. Who was it? Oh, Tim went two in a row. Tim, you're right. Tim definitely did. Let Which, me, by the way, we my, didn't mention this last week. Um... I just happened to, I mentioned in passing that it was a prize race last week. And yes. then we immediately got started on a different topic or we got sidetracked. Uh, congratulations to Jody for winning the prize. The, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, we didn't even mention that last week, but he won all those cars from Drew Vinsel. And very big, big thank you to Drew Vinsel for supplying that prize. I wish I could have won it, but I did not because. I I just I'm having bad luck right now. Oh, uh, I brother, I went from <laughs> fourth to tenth. I know what you're talking about, but yes, it's uh so far it's John, 
RJ, Tim, and uh, <laughs> oh gosh, who was the other person? Joe. Was it Joe? Nope, it wasn't Joe. It was Rock. <laughs> was it Rock? Yes, it was Rock. Okay. I have 16 dividers I am running through. So, yes, those were your four winners. So, congratulations to those that won. It was not a prize race, unfortunately. This coming up week will be a prize race. And you do not yeah. have to win the race to actually win the prize. And in fact, you don't even pick out who you're who you're gonna pick. It's all it's all already been yeah. handled by Ethan over here. Yeah. Um, do you want to go? Do you have it handy? The the line qualifying yes. draw. Yes. All right. Do. So, do you want to go down the list from top to bottom, not point standings, but the actual uh starting positions and who has what just to let everybody know this is it this is it's already been drawn you can go back and watch it on facebook uh the in the marbles yeah. fantasy cup facebook page you can go back and watch ethan do all the drawing there and it'll be typed out here eventually in the next day or two on that page as well if it's not already done i don't know i haven't checked it since you've done that but if you could, if you have it organized that way, if not, it's fine. You can just do it by point standings. But go down the list from top starting position to the last starting position, if you don't mind. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. For <laughs> I that. didn't think so. so I, just do it by the point I standings. Can do just it. do it by point standings. It's cool. Well, I love the challenge. <laughs> I can definitely do it. I can just, I have them right in front of me. So I can just, who's first, who's second, who's third. Um, yeah, let's just do it that way. So starting off P1, this man has so much good momentum going for him right now. He is the first driver, or I, I always say driver. So the, he is the first participant in, in the Marvel's Fantasy Cup history to win back-to-back -back wins. He's the first driver to win more than two in a season. And now he was randomly drew, randomly drawn to start pole position at the all-star race on Sunday it is none other than Tim. <laughs> I was, I was trying to say his uh, Twitter handle, but then I forgot it. And then I was like, well, I don't want to sound stupid. So I'm just going to say Tim. Okay. So yeah, Tim starting P1. Um, we can't do that for every single person because it will take an hour and a half to get through this. Line well, I mean, Tim's the only one that has ever um, <laughs> like actually made history. So like, Okay, I understand. Uh, starting, <laughs> starting P2, we got Joe. Uh, Justin is the uh, current point standings champion, uh, point standings leader, not champion, because I'm I'm coming for that. Uh, he, Justin is starting Tim's third. Tim's coming for that. Tim is coming for it. Uh, let's see. Third, I have Jody starting seventh. I am starting eight. So nobody has four through six. Nope. Hmm. Billy has ninth. Drew has 10th. Josh has 11th. Okay. So Matt has 14th. Jessica has 15th. I'm, this is so difficult. 15th. <laughs> Uh, Rock is starting 19th. <laughs> you are starting 20th. Who? Uh, Nicole is starting 22nd. 
RJ is starting 23rd, and John Brown is starting 24th. And fan he vote. is really excited about He's it. He's got the fan vote unless something happens to somebody. Yeah. I mean, Corey LaJoy, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> golly. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, okay. Gonna gonna run down uh, what's gonna happen with this race coming up this weekend as far as like the format. Then we're gonna take a break and we're gonna go into more depth about everything. So the format itself is going to be uh, first. You're gonna have the pit crew challenge. The pit crew challenge will determine the lineups for the heat races that will qualify you in the uh, all star race, the big race. And this is only for the 21 eligible drivers, right? There's 21 spots that are guaranteed in this race. Yes. These heat races, I don't know how many laps they are. I didn't look it up. I think they're 100 laps. They might be 50. I don't know. But they're two separate heat races. And heat one, it's just like a dirt track. This is exactly how we do it on the dirt right here. Heat one, which I'm assuming will have the most amount of cars, I'm assuming that that one will have, since there's uh, 21 cars, I'm assuming that one will have 11 and Heat 2 will have 10. So um, Heat 1 will, they will uh, have the finishing order line up on the inside of the rows. So like if you finish first, you start on the pole. If you finish second, you'll start third because that's the next one inside. If you finish third in the race, you'll start fifth. And so forth, so it, all all the way back till you get to eleventh, they'll finish. They'll start twenty first. The second heat race will do the outside. So if you win the heat race, you'll start second. If you finish second, you'll start fourth. If you finish third, you'll start sixth, all the way back to tenth place, which will be in twentieth spot. That's where I hope my position comes in right there. I think if I can get a really top guy, just do something stupid like spin out and finish last in the heat or maybe blow a tire and doesn't damage anything and have to come in and, and end the heat like that, finish dead last, he'll be in 20th. That's my only chance right there. Um, I don't call it. That's what's going to happen. So you're going to have that, and that's going to be the whole lineup for the top 21. Positions 22 and 23 will be determined by the open. These are all the people that are not eligible for the race. They will have one race. I think it's broke up in the segments. I'm not sure. I know that the all-star race is broke up into two segments, I believe. Um, I'm not sure exactly how the open is, but the winner, the first two finishing in the open will be spots 22 and 23. And then there's going to be a fan vote. People have been voting this whole time for the last month or so. The person who has not qualified into the all-star race and is still eligible to run, like, I guess he just has to finish the race. I don't know if there's if the caveat that he has to finish on the lead lap or not. It used to be that. But I think if just as long as he's able to run the next race, he's going to be in it. I haven't seen anything different. The winner of the fan vote will start shotgun on the field 24th. What's going to be interesting is that this isn't exactly your driver yet. Your driver is not going to be locked in until we cross the green flag. Because like we've been saying all along, if somebody in second or third place, your spot, who knows? If somebody has a problem, then they have to make an unapproved change and they have to drop to the back of the field. All of a sudden, if you pick 24th, you might be having the best driver in the whole field. I just had a little issue. He had to change. He got penalized for it. So 
really fast, if you don't mind me jumping in really fast. So when we talk about unapproved changes, uh, the morning of Sunday, the race, like you, you're not allowed to touch that race mm. car. And there's, it's almost, it doesn't happen very often, but we're talking if you crank, you know, the, you crank your, your car on and it doesn't go, we're talking, okay, I have to replace the, uh, the battery. I have to replace the alternate. I have to replace something, something like that could make you go from second to start last dude this and that could happen right before the green flag so that's why we have to you know hey as wherever you cross the start finish line to take the green flag on the start of the race that is your driver in that position and the way they do it's a little complicated but it's really not if you think it's the simplest way they know to do it instead of crossing everybody over because the way they the way they show it the even the the odd numbers on the inside and the even numbers on the outside so from left to right, as you're like, I guess if you're looking at the field, it's, it'd be the, uh, the inside of the track will be the right side and the outside of the track, you know, that'd be the left side. So as you're looking at the field at the very front of the field and you're looking at all the cars, two by two, starting on the right, it's one left is two. Then behind them is three, four, five, six, right, left, right, left, all the way down. So if mm -hmm. one gets taken out, they don't move two over and then three over, then four over. No, they just moved the whole inside lineup. So all of a sudden, third became one. Fifth became third. And on and on and on. That's that's how they do that. That's how that's how every single organization I've ever seen has anything to do with racing does it. They all do it that way because it's simpler. So that's what you're going to have to look at if something actually does. Now, chances are it probably won't happen, but you never know. It might. So – Heck, there might be somebody doing it just from strategy. Like, hey, we don't like this yeah. particular balance of these set, this set of tires that we got. We're going to change it. And in doing so, they will they have to start in the rear, but they feel like they'll be better for it. You know, yeah. so it, you never know. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. And uh, the lineups are set. And it is for an autograph Austin Dillon hat that you got last week or two weeks ago at Kansas. Yes, sir. So I'm excited about that. Keep up with the Facebook page. Uh, I'm sure Ethan's going to have that all written out exactly who's got what positions. You don't have to win yeah. the race to win the hat. You just have to finish ahead of everybody else. That is. Yeah, absolutely. That's the rules with it. And for the people that's not on Facebook, I think Joe and RJ, I will continue being in contact with you guys along the way, just so you guys understand what's going on as well. Um, real quick. Nicole was, uh, <laughs> she heard you say that she got 22nd. And she's like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, wait a minute now. That's the, uh, that's the open winner. If nothing yeah. changes, that is the open winner. That is not an impossibility. At least you got the fastest person out of the open. It could be Josh Berry in a Hendrick car. Oh, I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, he's pretty good on these little short tracks. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> You never know what's going to turn out. And you know that whole team's good on these short tracks. So I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of fun doing the qualifying draw. Mm -hmm. Like to a point where I was like, man, that would be kind of cool if we did this every single week for all of our participants. Uh, I like, we we just got to be able to choose their own destiny, though. Well, I get that. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, I would. I, it would be cool if we did this every single week. Um, obviously, we're not ever going to do that. That's that's dumb. Uh, but just knowing like 
there won't be any sort of repeats. You know, like there won't be four people picking William Byron at Darlington, you know, and it's like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. you know, but we just the only take back around that is that we wouldn't have we couldn't get over 40 people. Oh yeah. And well, I mean, maybe yeah, who knows in a couple <laughs> of seasons if this podcast is lit. Oh yeah. Like I hope it will. Uh, maybe we'll have a hundred participants, which golly, I hope not. Because that is a lot of math. We're gonna have to make up a computer program. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm sure hundreds of people are gonna participate and thousands of people are gonna listen to me rant and rave about how everybody's a hypocrite. Yeah, I'm sure I'm drawing in all the listeners with that crap. Hey, you know what? <laughs> we're we're over here trying. Well, let's take a break real quick and then we're gonna talk about the uh, upcoming race and the the history of the track and all that kind of stuff because I know you teased that you had a different opinion than you think I had. So let's let's talk yes. about that in a little bit. Um, before we take a break, I want to talk about skinnymixes.com. I am drinking some right now. If you haven't heard me pick up my coffee mug once in a while, um, drinking some pumpkin skinny mix with um, it's, it's this sounds so stupid. Some sugar free creamer with uh, Disney World 50th anniversary coffee. <laughs> but I'm drinking skinny mixes in all my coffees, everything. Um, they have also have syrups for uh, alcoholic beverages like mojitos and margaritas and things like that. All of it low calorie, low sugar. Some of it completely sugar free. Some of it catering to the keto lifestyle like we like we enjoy. So go to skinnymixes.com, check it out. Find anything that you want. Use the code MARBLES at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. That's skinnymixes.com. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, But come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The The kids are a bear. They are. Uh, but yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Do you ever remember watching a race at North Wilkesboro? Absolutely not. How old were you? It's 96. You were two. Uh, I was two. Man. Yeah. Youngin'. Yeah, I did not know North Wilkesboro existed until I think 2019. When Dale Jr. started bringing it back yeah. up and then iRacing mm-hmm. got a hold of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was in the very first NASCAR game I ever played. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the full, like a full NASCAR title. 
um, probably the first full NASCAR title ever made, honestly. Because other than that, you had like Andretti's racing, Kyle Petty's No Fear Racing. You had Bill Elliott's NASCAR Challenge, but it wasn't like a full. They were always like, they had names attached to them, you know, and those drivers would be in there, maybe one or two other drivers. But for the most part, it was just those drivers and a bunch of like no name cars and stuff that you would not normally see. Right. The first full NASCAR title that I can remember was NASCAR racing in 1994 on PC. They ran off MS-DOS. And that track, or that game, I want to say it had North Wilkesboro as the uh, opening animation on it. Maybe because it was small and it was easy to animate. I'm not sure, but that was two years before it closed. That's so, wild. yeah, for the first, the first two NASCAR titles I played, had North Wilkesboro in it. And I definitely remember racing North Wilkesboro before I had a steering wheel or anything. I just had little arrow buttons on the, on the control on the keypad trying to get around that, that, that little track. And, um, I guess I was 11 during the last race that they had. Um, I know rusty was always really good there. He was, oh, he was always so good at North Wilkesboro. He would, he would tear up Martinsville, Bristol, North Wilkesboro, Richmond. That was like the whole month of April when I was a kid. And he would tear those tracks up. Sometimes he went all four in a row. Just crazy numbers that he put up on these short tracks. So looking at North Wilkesboro, did did you ever got a chance to go back and look at some of the old races? Um, I was actually just watching clips of the 94 race earlier today Mm -hmm. um i actually quickly turned the channel and i didn't watch it uh just because of me very curious of what the racetrack is going to be like because i haven't seen any sort of racing besides two second clips of racing on Wil- uh, North Wilkesboro. So I kind of just want to leave it alone. I'm going to be at work for the truck series, so I'm not going to be able to watch that. So my first experience of race cars on North Wilkesboro was going to be Sunday. What's crazy is they kept the original asphalt. That's yeah. crazy. I love it. I love that they did that. Yeah. But that's wild. And it's not going to look the same because I saw a picture of the completely repaved. They paved over everything in the infield when before the infield was uh, pretty much just grass. But yeah, it was always a small track that when cup came to town, they had to bring in extra seating to fit everybody that wanted to watch the cup race. Then, and that would get it up to like 30,000 people, you know, just a small little track in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was always privately owned, and the reason why it lost its date is because two owners, two current cup owners, uh, as far as tracks go, I think one of them owned New Hampshire and the other one owned oh, it was Bruton Smith. He owned Texas. That's what he wanted with it. They took the two dates, and they just said, let, let North Wilkesboro just rot. So they took the two dates, gave one to Texas, gave one to uh, New Hampshire, and nobody at the track had anything to say, say, couldn't say a thing about it. Just shady, right? Yeah, it's definitely shady for and sure. For Texas of all places. I'd much rather go to North Wilkesboro than Texas. 
Hey, now, listen, it was, can you believe it was one year ago that I was sitting here on this very podcast <laughs> saying about how excited I am about going to the 2022 All-Star Race in Texas? And Ross Chastain ramped off of Kyle Busch. Oh. Ross Chastain gave a good old high five to God himself <laughs> right there in the Lone Star State. I've watched it with my own four eyes. <laughs> God, man, that thing was. And you know what? The whole thing about it was I was set, um, I was sitting there and there was some people right down the uh, right down the what do you want to call the aisle from me, giving me uh, heckling me a little bit because I was in my. M&M's shirt and my hat and stuff and talking trash, man. Kyle Busch is going to win. And then that happened and they all looked at me and started laughing. I said, I can't, I can't defend myself. <laughs> Thanks, well, he, no, he blew a tire. He was slow anyway. Don't be blaming Chastain. Come on. <laughs> well, it's <sighs> trash house. Oh, please. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Give it to me. <laughs> uh, you don't want me on that soapbox again. Um, <laughs> no. Not anymore. I'm done with that today. Um, I got a race for you to go back and check out, though. Okay. In 1989, it was broadcast by ESPN. It was the I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it would be the Tyson or the First Union or what, but they had a, and I don't know if it was a 400 500 lap race. I'm not sure, but right before the championship race at Atlanta was the race at North Hillsboro. And you have an amazing finish. One of the best, craziest finishes in NASCAR history. When mm. you had championship leader at that point, because it was Rusty and Dale going into the final race. And Rusty was struggling a little bit today. 1989. Dale was dominating this race. And the only car that could keep up with him was the 26 car, Ricky Rudd. In the Quaker State car, the throwback that Suarez did this past week. Them two, I almost don't want to spoil the ending for it, but you're going to watch it anyway because it's exciting. Okay. Um, them two, on the, they had a, a late restart, maybe like three or four laps to go. Dale Earnhardt drove it in over, like on, on, on the high side, drove it past Ricky Rudd. But Rudd said no <laughs> yeah. so he, he jumped he runs up the track slams into Earnhardt they both spin out on the last lap in turn one and Jeff Bodine goes by and Jeff Bodine ends up winning the race Rusty finishes ahead of Earnhardt and Rusty goes into that final race as a points leader and winds up winning the championship all because of what Ricky Rudd did and this is a famous line at the end of it where Earnhardt's like, you know, just kind of laughing about it and not really answering questions. And, uh, an interviewer says, um, I was like, like, well, I know you're mad about it. And he's like, I'm not mad. You know? And then they bleeped it out because he cussed and he's laughing. And it's like, okay, like, well, what do you think? Uh, how, how do you feel about the end of this race? And he's like, how do you think I feel? They ought to find that SOB and sit him out for the rest of the year. And he walked off. <laughs> It's it's the yeah. most amazing final ten minutes of a race you'll ever see. I promise. In 1989, Richmond, go look that up. No, not Richmond. Uh, North Carolina. I'm sorry. Go look that up. I promise you'll like it. All right. It reminds you of something of what you see today. Of course, you know, look who's evolved, right? So, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of really, well, we can get into it in the chat, uh, drafting partner. So never mind. I was going to talk about the Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt diecast from Lionel, but no, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that oh, real quick. Dude, I am so excited. I am so excited. Um, Lionel Racing, if you're not following them on <clears throat> social media, uh, I think it was the 16th. They were, what, was that yesterday? Yes. No, today's yeah, the yeah, it was uh, Tuesday. Yeah, so Tuesday they started uh, doing some, like, um, what do you call those? Like, what? Teasers? Uh, Teasers, <laughs> yes, thank you. Of like May 17th. Playing charades over here over the podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like, Man, what are they going to announce? Everybody's <clears throat> talking about this uh, custom. Clearly, it was a custom-made uh, Kyle Larson NASCAR Authentic, and it has the Winter Circle logo, and everyone's talking about, oh, this is what they're going to talk about, whatever. Like, clearly, it's not. You don't um, think that was so real? I was really, I, no. You don't think they brought back the Winter Circle brand? No. I mean, action Heck made no. it, right? I mean, there's no way that was going to be. I didn't think that was going to be the announcement. Uh, the guy who actually, I'm saying, the guy who made that custom uh, got in, like, kind of, somewhat, kind of got into it with me and on Twitter. And I was like, dude, <laughs> stop. You're fine. Um, no, but they announced yesterday that Lionel Racing is going to make a uh, 124-scale Dale Earnhardt Sr. raced win 1998 Daytona 500 diecast car and I am I am very very excited because believe it or not I don't actually have any Dale Earnhardt senior um well there's our dog yeah so that means Jessica just got home <laughs> so sorry about the audio you're there. good come on um <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen too I was gonna be in mid mid sentence when it happened uh but no i'm really excited i do not have any sort of dale earnhardt uh diecast cars so i saw this one and i immediately uh pre-ordered it and one good thing about lionel racing is that you can pre-order uh diecast and it kind of just saves your place it gets you it kind of what am i trying to say it kind of gets your name on one so they don't sell out you know uh and you have up until that diecast ships out nine, 10, 11 months later to get that money, you know, uh, however you need to get that money paid for, for the diecast. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's not like it automatically charges your card every time you make a pre-order. So, you know, that's a cool little information to just kind of, if you're interested in getting a diecast card, I appreciate it. I do not think I'm going to buy any new, any more new classic, diecasts from Lionel. Yeah. Just because it bothers the mess out of me. They can't get the Winston cup sticker on there. Yeah, that is, that is going to be an issue, but if, um, I do follow a lot of, you know, we, we are uh, wrestling figure fans, uh, collectors, and there's a lot of customizers. There's a lot of diecast collectors, uh, customizers rather, and they can make those little, very fine little uh, super mm -hmm. tiny stickers yeah. that you can put on. Yeah, I know. Um, but like at the same time, it costs what, like $95? Oh, no. It, it, uh, I pre ordered two for reasons I will not disclose yet. One is for me and something else. Uh, but it was like $212 yeah. for two. For, I, I saw one of Macari that was made back in the day. 
by action. Mm. That was a race win, 1998 Daytona 500 car. It just doesn't have the 75 logo under the hood, yeah. and, but it has that Winston sticker on it. And it went for about a hundred bucks. So I'm okay. like, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'm just going to get the one that was made with all the right decals back when they could okay. make the decals. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just, See, that's, that's my thinking because I grew up with that era and I would like it to be as close to that era as possible. That's just, yeah, yeah. I 100% see where you're coming from. That's, that's an extremely good reason to get the action version rather than the Lionel. Uh, I'm going to go with Lionel because I love Lionel racing. I am desperately trying to get them to be a partner of our podcast mm -hmm. and I'm going to <laughs> say good things about them. Uh, but I will also not be afraid to say bad things when bad things are deserved to be said. But uh, one bad thing, a little bit of a hiccup Lionel racing had recently uh, the NASCAR authentics line that you can find on Walmart and, targets and uh, i think myers is what it's called um i think that's an east coast thing but uh they recently had a wave of authentics that had kevin harvick and it had the bush light logo on the race oh. car and these are like on the shelves for children to to pit, you know buy and purchase Who snitched? um i know <laughs> I'm a snitch. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see these who snitched and got them off the shelves they should wait till i got one first no they're not off Other the shelf there they're I yeah they're they're all over. <laughs> I gotta find these things. <laughs> my yeah, my friend actually found one, and he and um his name is Trevor, and Trevor he asked me he was like, man, should I open this, or should I just like keep it, you know, moc and maybe get his autograph on it? And I was like, I don't know, I'd probably just open it. I don't think it's really that big of a deal, but not um, anymore. It is really cool. The one sixty four shows used to be a big deal as far as keeping them shut and. Stuff like that, but nowadays these these cars are not they're not worth ain't they're toys. All right, well, so, you're talking to someone who's looking at my wall of nothing but Kyle Busch authentics, and they're all mock, well, brother. I understand. I had a wall full of that too when I was a child. Oh, <laughs> but how? But the value of them dropped, like the bottom fell out. Right. So all of a sudden, when mm -hmm. all these cars, I'm looking at this one, there's 20 bucks, there's 20 bucks, there's that one's, that one's like really rare. That one's $150. And you just add them all up and you're like, my whole collection, because I had very few on 24 scale, my whole collection was about $10,000 worth. Compared, you know, if I looked it up in racing, uh, was it Diecast Digest back in the day? That was the magazine. That was like our Beckett. That was what you went to to see your values. And, everybody went by that until the market crashed on it. And all of a sudden now I'm finding these gold plated cars for, you know, two or $3 completely mint on its blister pack in antique malls, you know, and I found the, the rusty Wallace that was the first rusty Wallace released in 1990 with the black and gold number 27. that actually has Miller written on the, on the hood because they weren't you know smart enough to realize they shouldn't have done that on their first run back in the day right so before everybody complained about it all the miller cars came with miller <laughs> on the hood and i had one of those open and i played with it and i just got another one the other day because i found one in the package like maybe a couple months ago now i found one in the package that had miller written on it i paid five bucks for it 
I mean, that's something that's almost that's like 30 something year old die cast with a beer label printed on it for children. That yeah. should be something that is rare. And I mean, it is pretty rare. I haven't seen one, you know, like in a blister pack, except maybe when I went to Talladega last year. I think they had one or two of them out there, but they had everything out there. I haven't, I, you don't see those that often, but for some reason, the value of it, it went from being high end when I was a kid to, I mean, I just got it for five bucks. You know, I mean, that's, right. that's yeah. not that much of a retail. The retail was a dollar back in the day. And now that's retail for what the cars go for in the stores now. So yeah. as far as 164 scale goes, I do not think they held. I, don't, I can't think of a single one of them that held their value. 124 scale, there's a couple out there, but a lot of them from back then too, they didn't hold their value. When I can get the very first silver um, Dale Earnhardt car made, the very first silver 1995 all-star Dale Earnhardt made by action, the very first one that was $75, $100, how much it was when it came out, but I can get that for 10 bucks off Macari. Something's wrong with it. Right. You know, I'm not saying that right now, the new guys and the newer die cast, their values are holding because I'm seeing Dale jr. Stuff and I'm seeing Jeff Gordon stuff made in the last 10 years and, and Kevin Harvick and stuff like this, the stuff made in the last 10 years or so, their values are still up there as far as 124 skills go basically what you pay for it unless it's something a little more unique like um i saw davy allison number 23 late model or something like that once and it was up to like 200 bucks i saw Daryl waltrip uh kind of like one of his very first race cars that lionel made or action made or somebody made you know in their mm -hmm. like legacy collection that they made a little bit ago oh yeah i, I think i saw donnie allison all these were like upwards of 150 and 200 bucks but I don't, as far as 164 scale, I don't think any of them is going to hold value at all. Just open them up. They're all toys. That's just my personal yeah. opinion. If you like them on the card and you like them on your wall and you maybe going to get a monograph one day, that's awesome. Go for it. Lord knows I did that. Yeah. For but sure. you see what I'm talking about, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. But you're going to get this. Dale senior oh, and yeah. it's going to come out really good. It's mm -hmm. going to be missing that one sticker that I don't like, but if that doesn't bother you, go for it. Maybe you didn't grow up in the Winston cup era. You grew up in the next tell era. I did. Yeah. I remember a little bit. Uh, I mean a very, very small, uh, part of the Winston cup era era, but, um, it was not, it definitely wasn't my thing. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about it, but I've also heard rumblings that Lionel Racing has a new sculpt for that car. And I think that's the thing I'm really, really excited about uh, to kind of see what it will look like. I can't imagine... A lot of people are saying that it's going to have the new uh, pro, late, uh, pro super late model, like the Dale Jr., uh, asphalt late model that he's racing last night mm -hmm. uh like that mold and that would be 
obviously no not that correct. would be so really, really curious. like like the like the commercial you, you you have you seen that little tag that goes through different cars through the years and they come to Dale Earnhardt oh, yeah, and he's yeah, driving yeah. a late model instead of a NASCAR yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah if that's the case I mean that would be awful oh gosh yeah but I'm really excited I think Lionel Racing is going to knock it out of the park I think that was the only year he drove that plus on the hood too I think because I think the next year he went back to Goodwrench the GM Goodwrench I don't think he had plus written on the hood 99 I know 97, he had a uh, white square. Like, there was a different logo on the hood. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, he was GM Goodwrench. It's always been GM Goodwrench, but the logo changed on the hood for two years. And I think it went back. Oh, that's right. To, to where it was after that. But that's me being the nerd that I am. Being all about that when I was a kid. Um, yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, too. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, well, uh, actually, yes. So I want to say congratulations to in the marbles fantasy cup participant, John Brown and his wife, Allison. They just announced that they're having a baby. <laughs> awesome. Do you know what's your guess? Boy or girl? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to, I already know the answer. Um, it's going to be a boy. Uh, you, you know the answer. Okay. Yeah, I know the answer. I already know the name too. The name's going to be Ethan Chambers, the not junior because I'm not his dad, but uh, Ethan Chambers Brown. They put down the shovel. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, the name of their son is going to be Dean J. Brown. D, sorry, Dean J. Brown. I read it as DJ. DJ works. <laughs> Yeah, DJ works. Yeah, yeah Dean J. That's, Brown. So I can't wait for that. That's my son's uh, initials, DJ. Obviously. We don't call him that, but that's yeah. his initials. Yeah, and also, um, shout out to Jody. <laughs> he, like, kind of, I don't know why, and I don't know if it's because Jody is literally the last in my notebook, and I just get super excited about, like, oh, I'm finally done, because uh, <laughs> I really hate math, but, like, I'll suffer through it for the Fantasy Cup. And I don't know if it's because Jody is the last person and I just get in a hurry to get done, but I have messed up Jody's points three times and I've given him too many points. I've not given him enough points, you know, and, or the third time my math was just completely off. So, um, uh, he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, gave me too many points. And I was like, Oh, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate it. So now like, I spent like the next three hours and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I went <laughs> the next three hours, double checking every single person's finishing position for the entire season of 2023 and made sure that it matched up with the, the points that we have at the beginning of the season. It took me th like three hours, three and a half hours to double check literally every single person's, points every single race so far uh and jody is the only one i have messed up on <laughs> and i don't know what it is about jody i promise you it's not personal because i love that guy um he actually sent us a really nice message that i did share with you that i kind of want to well I, I have it here you know this guy was so nice that he said 
that our podcast and our, the contest that we have has given getting has oh my gosh has gotten him has got him back into NASCAR more now than ever. He said he fell out with NASCAR around 2005, so it's been a really fun drive back into the sport for him. And he said that he he appreciates us. So getting a message like that is always super super fun. And like we don't do this for I mean obviously we don't do this for like money or anything we just do this because we have an absolute passion for nascar and even though like some of the things that you and i discuss whether it's ty gibbs and and brandon jones or uh brandon jones at martinsville or if it's something about ross chastain or kevin harvick we don't have to agree all the time but i think like you and i are both so level-headed that we can understand each other's points and that's really cool so getting messages like that from jody from drew Oh man, it's so so cool. Yeah, um, I always love hearing that we're getting somebody back into it, or we've gotten somebody interested in it again, or now they're watching every week, and that's it's cool that our uh, love for this and our passion for this is is kind of rubbing off on other people. That's awesome. All we can hope for. I mean, we're not going to get rich and famous off of this. All we can hope for is that we're having fun and we drag some people along with us and they start having fun too. Right. So, um, yep. before we do the, the, the podcast drafting partners real quick, I do want to say shout out to the couple that they kept showing on TV, the Chastain oh, and the yeah. Larson couple. That was fun to watch. Oh, that, yeah, was, that awesome. was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> the, the Larson, uh, you know, Chastain puts Larson on the wall and they both wreck and then she slaps him. <laughs> she slaps the, her husband and says, why did you do and that? Then, <laughs> and then halfway through, she's like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> That's amazing. I loved it. I yeah, loved it. I, it was, that was so much fun to watch. And it's so typical. And they weren't mad at each other at all. They were just, they weren't even mad at the drivers either. They were just kind of like laughing about it. It was like, of course our two guys wrecked. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because those two couple or like that that couple had more TV time than Daniel Suarez his whole career. <laughs> wow. Bring it back to that. There okay. Go. We'll call back. There you go. Um let's run down the drafting partners real quick and we'll get on out of here. Uh first off, I want to say uh go listen to Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Also uh Scott Side Project, the Drunk Wrestling History Podcast. I don't know if it's much of a side project anymore, or just a separate thing he's doing. It's just He's, yeah. they've, they've really got a lot going on over there. Um, go check out the back catalog for doing the favor with Eric and Barry. Um, not really putting any new shows out now, but their stuff is still out there and good guys. Go check them out. Positively pro wrestling podcast, new shows all the time there. I think they just dropped one about Roddy Piper and Hogan, which is a lot of fun to listen to. Um, Howling with the wolf with Jason Wolf. And I just put my order in for two more of his custom Hasbro's. So check out the chop Ooh, shop. Which one? Um, Think I'm. A, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I don't think I would say one oh. anyway if I was allowed to say it. So, um, okay. one would be. I think one's a WrestleMania Seven Warrior. I think he's already offered that. Ooh, he was playing with some decals and he got the WrestleMania Seven decals right on the Warrior, like where his knee pads and his trunks. They had like artist, like artistic things on them. You know, things not solid colors like some of his other stuff was. You know, so it took a little bit more effort to get that. And I've been wanting WrestleMania seven warrior, macho man, Elizabeth and Sherry Hasbro's for so long. I'm still trying to get Mattel to make the retros like make that a four pack. 
Because oh, man, yeah. I, would be, I don't think we've never gotten that a Liz in that black sweater with the stars on it from WrestleMania Seven. We've never gotten that Liz, and I would love to have a complete four pack of that match because that's one of my favorite matches of all time. But anyway, also uh, these people are not really um, making a whole lot of shows right now either, but they do have the back catalog as well. Um, good people, go check out Magic and the Mouse. It's a podcast about Disney World, and who you got, Ethan? Yeah, as always, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. You can go listen to the archives of You Know It's Fake, right? Don't forget Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. Uh, TB Toycast. Uh, obviously, it's on sabbatical, but no holds barred with the legendary Bill Benis. Uh, You heard their commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin and cameos from Rocco and Cole every once in a while. A lot like Tales from the Estate, you also heard Pulling Up a Chair with our friend Tim at a chair shots commercial as well. Uh, history making participant in the fantasy cup there. Uh, also stolen gimmicks pro wrestling podcast with Joe and Jordan. Awesome. Uh, awesome podcast there. I listen to every episode reffing it up with uh, Brian Hebner and a new one called three brew podcast with Ryan Tyler and AJ three sets of bro- uh, three brothers, not three sets of brothers, three brothers. Uh, I think, Episode two just came out. I think today uh, it's really fun. They just talk <clears throat> random stuff. So go check that out. Uh, uh, of course, Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR, has a podcast, Authenticated, the NASCAR Diecast pr- Podcast. And that is all I got. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would please rate, review us, and follow on all the social. Uh, I'm sorry. My, my throat is getting dry. I'm out of coffee. So I'm trying my best here. Please rate, review, and follow us on all our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram, at In the Marvels Pod. And you can also find us on Facebook. And if you have any comments or questions, you can email the show at inthemarvelspod at gmail.com. Also, go to whatamaneuver.net, search by store, top left corner. Uh, there's a tab. You search by store. Go down to In the Marvels, and you'll find our T-shirts there. And if you go to skinnymixes.com, use code MARVELS at checkout for 10% off your first order. And I guess before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? Uh, don't forget, Kevin Harvick is going to be driving the 29 and not the 4. So-